At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer for the low. Welcome to Love Me Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. And we do have a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. One of our favorites at Beeson, Scott Seidenberg. He's going to be joining me. We're going to get his thoughts on what we've seen here in the early goings this season. Why you should not be blindly betting unders, overs, anything. Why you've got to be taking things on a game-by-game, situation-by-situation basis as well. Something that I always think is important. And also going to be talking about how he winds up being able to handicap guys' MOB debuts. We were supposed to be seeing a few more than we wound up getting on Saturday. But with that said, I always think that it's an important discussion to have because I am someone that I like to fade quite a few guys in their debut. And if you wound up seeing that with the Detroit Tigers in Game 2, that was able to come through for you. So we're going to be having that chat in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast and you do have one of two ways we go for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GUnit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five-star review, really didn't get in a lot of questions today, but what we did wind up getting is another fun day of baseball on Saturday. So let's take a look back at it. Tried to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Things could not have been more opposite in the two double-dip games between the 
Colorado Rockies and the Detroit Tigers. By the way, first double header all year in which we wound up seeing a split. 13-0, the Detroit Tigers wind up winning game one as for the Colorado Rockies, not a lot doing on offense as Antonio Sensatello gets lit up like a Christmas tree. He gives up five runs over the course of five innings and then Ty Block comes into the game and he did worse, giving up four runs in two-thirds of an inning. Lucas Gilbreth, he comes in for three outs, he gives up four runs in the process, and Ulysse Chassin, one of the third inning scoreless to be able to get the job done there, but for the Detroit Tigers, just one home run in this 13-run outburst. Spencer Torkelson, he was able to get his third home run season as Sharik Skubal. He threw at the Colorado Rockies a screwball. Six scoreless innings. Willie Peralta gives you a scoreless inning. And then he went getting two scoreless out of Anel De Jesus. So that was a nice, easy win for the Tigers. And then in game two, the Tigers couldn't get a lot going on offense. Three to two. The Colorado Rockies are able to get the job done. And for the Rockies, what was pretty impressive in this game was the fact that he did wind up having a pair of home runs early for this game as Charlie Blackman, second home run season. Connor Joe made the single. He winds up getting his third as Bo Brisky winds up making his MLB debut. Winds up going five innings. Winds up giving up in the process three runs, including those two home runs. From there, Alex Lang, Will Vest, both give you a scoreless saying. Drew Hutchinson, two scoreless sayings. And for the Colorado Rockies, Austin Gomber gombered up the competition with six scoreless sayings. Robert Stevenson, Tyler Kinley, they both give you a scoreless setting. And Alex Gomez is not necessarily the world's most trustworthy reliever. Winds giving up two runs in that final inning, but was able to eventually close the door as the Tigers do wind going one of eight with man in scoring position. And also in this double dip, 3,000th hit for Miguel Cabrera. So a congratulations to him on that. Between those two games, he didn't wind up having as many runs as he kept scored all by themselves. So 21 to nothing. They put up three touchdowns on the Pittsburgh Pirates. And for reference, you wind up seeing one win of 21 plus points last year by the Chicago Bears. And the real upset in that statement is that the Bears wound up having a three touchdown win in 2021 with how bad they were. But for the Pirates, they wound up only getting three total hits in this game and two errors as Zach Thompson. He winds up giving up nine runs over the course of two innings. So only four of them were earned because Kevin Newman had a pair of bad errors out there in the field. But then Miguel Yajur. Gives up seven runs, and he wound up getting seven outs. Aaron Fletcher, he gives up one run in two and two-thirds innings, so he didn't do too bad. And then Diego Castillo, that's a position player. He winds up giving up four runs in an inning. As for the Cubs, only one home run in this game. That would be the first of the season for one Alfonso Rivas. They wound up going 15 of 25 with men in scoring position. Just absolutely ridiculous. As a professor, Kyle Hendricks, he went to work. Seven scoreless innings. And then you wind up getting Scotty Frost and Sean Newcomb, newly acquired from the Atlanta Braves, both give you a scoreless setting out of the bullpen out there in the National League Central. You also wind up seeing the Milwaukee Brewers get it done against the Philadelphia Phillies by a count of 5-3. to three. Phillies, by the way, have now lost 8 out of their last 11 games. As for the Brewers, Adrian, don't call me Dookie Hauser. Three runs given up in six innings, but bullpen was able to do their j- job. Josh Hader, Devin Williams, both give you a scoreless setting along Trevor Gott. And for the Brewers, they wind up being able to get to Zach Wheeler. I've noticed that a lot of these guys that they wound up having injuries throughout spring training. They didn't wind up getting a full spring training when it comes to pitchers. They've been struggling, and Wheeler, he fits into that mold. Gives up four runs over the course of five innings. Christopher Sanchez does wind up giving up a solo run in his two and a third innings going deep. Hunter Renfro, he was able to get his second home run 
run of the season. And then from there, you did wind up having a pair of outs out of the bullpen from Andrew Balotti along James Norwood and a out out of the bullpen for Brad And And for the Philadelphia Phillies. They were able to generate those three runs, only wound up having a chance to be able to hit with Ben in scoring position four times, going 2-0-4 there. So Brewers able to hold up there, able to get the job done. The Guardians versus the Yankees game did wind up seeing a little bit of an explosion late. 0-0 after four, but you do wind up getting it over as 5-4. The Yankees were able to get it done for the Cleveland Guardians. Cal Guantrill, not necessarily the world's greatest start, does wind up giving up three runs in six of the third innings, including home run to Josh Donaldson, his second home run of the season, but was in a position to win when he wound up leaving as you did wind up having Austin Edges, Long Josh Naylor, both get their first home runs of the season, and Yel De Los Santos and Brian Shaw out of the bullpen for the Guardians. Both go two-thirds of an inning, Nick Sandlin winds up giving you an out, out of the bullpen, but did wind up having Emmanuel Classe blow this game in the ninth inning, one of the better relievers that you're able to find in the big leagues and for the Yankees. One, Ness Cortez winds up giving up on those home runs, gives up two runs a total over course of six and a third innings. Clay Holmes winds up giving you a pair of outs out of the bullpen, Chad Green. He gave up another one of those bombs. Two runs give it up in an inning, but Miguel Castro pitches a scoreless ninth. He is able to get the W for the New York Yankees. The San Francisco Giants were the San Francisco treat on Saturday. They wind up going to Washington. They get a win by a count of 5-2 to two as for the Giants. They wind up going 4-8 with men in scoring position. Once again, no home runs. Been seeing a shortage of deep balls this season, but Alex Wood, he does not as he go overly deep in this game, but a solid start. Two runs give it up over the course of five innings as getting his first home run of the season. You wind up having the backup catcher come in, Riley Adams, be able to get a bomb, but for the Washington Nationals, you did wind up having one Aron Sanchez, former San Francisco Giant, just get lit up in this game, giving up four runs in four and a third innings. Sam Clay gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning, and then from there, Kyle Finnegan, Dan Rainey, Steve Ciszek, coupled with Francisco Perez, were all able to give you a scoreless inning, but the Giants, they had the lone bullpen in the league last season that wound up posting up a three ERA or better, and John Breba, Taylor Rogers, Camilio Duval, Dominique Leon, they all backed that up. They were all able to lend a scoreless inning. You wound up having a lot of scoreless innings lent by the Minnesota Twins as they take down the Chicago White Sox by kind of 92 as Vinny Velo, Vince Velasquez gets destroyed, giving up five runs in three and a third innings, including a pair of bombs as Ryan Jeffers was able to get his first home run of the season and Byron Buxton. Fresh off of being a little bit banged up, he gets his fourth home run season. Benetusa gives up two runs in a third of an inning. Kyle Crick, he has not had a good run of it with the White Sox thus far. Giving up one run in one and a third innings. He did wind up having Mr. Anderson Severino wind up giving up a run in two innings as well. And Liam Hendricks, he winds up coming in pretty much to just get some work. Late, he was able to lend a scoreless setting. Lone bright spot for the White Sox. Jose Abreu was able to get his second home run the campaign as Dylan don't call me Al Bundy. Now it's a 0.59 ERA through three starts. Five scoreless settings. He has really looked good this year. Cody Sashek winds up giving up that home run to Abreu, giving up that one run over the course of two innings. Danny Colombe was able to give you an inning. He gives up a run in the process. Akil Theobar able to close the door, but for the Minnesota Twins, relatively saw a win there as they have now been able to win three straight. And for the Minnesota Twins, by the way, this is a bunch that they have allowed four runs or fewer in every one of their games this week ever since Sunday. So they have certainly been able to do their job with regards to the pitching staff. The Walker Texas Rangers wind up going on the road and they take down the Oakland A's. Wind up taking the over for DK Nation and well, the Oakland A's can now wind up hitting Martin Perez. 2-0 the final. Perez winds giving up two hits, one walk in six innings. He was rock solid and then you wind up having Matt Bush along with Brock Burke and also Brett Martin. I'll give you a scoreless setting and 
with the Texas Rangers. It was all about Brad Miller being able to give you a pair of RBI in the eighth inning for the scoring as Frankie Montas winds up taking the loss. Goes seven and a third innings, giving up two runs. You wind up having Domingo Acevedo along with Kirby C combined for one and two thirds innings, but just flat out nothing doing here for the Oakland A's on offense. A team that coming into the series, top five in the league with regards to total runs. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, they have now played nine out of their last 11 games under the total, but they were able to get it done against the Houston Astros by a count of 3-2 to two, thanks to a pair of home runs. George Springer, the former Astro, laid it on his former team as he takes Jose Urquidy deep for a leadoff home run, third home run season, and then Santiago Espinal, second time in two days. He winds up going deep. That is his second of the season as he takes Blake Taylor deep. Taylor takes a loss with giving up that home run in two-thirds of an inning. Phil Mayton along with Ryan Santa combined for one and two-thirds inning. Scoreless Hector Neris is able to give you a scoreless inning. And Jose Urquidy, not a bad start here. Giving up two runs over the course of five and a third innings and for the Toronto Blue Jays, Alec Manoa wound up giving up both runs of the game in the first inning as he was the victim of a little bit of a deep ball going deep. Alex Bregman, third home run of the season, and then from there, Astros could get nothing going as Manoa winds up going six strong innings, giving up that home run, and then from there, Ryan Baruki, David Phelps, they combined to be able to give you a score of the setting, and then Yimi Garcia, Adam Simber, they close the door in the eighth and ninth inning. So another rough go of it for the Houston Astros, and take a look at this Astros team, and they have now scored three runs or fewer in each out of their last four games, and four runs or fewer in, I believe, eight out of their last nine games. So it certainly has been an almighty struggle for them at the plate. It has been a struggle for a lot of teams at the plate, and the Red Sox and the Rays wound up going through that as the Rays. They are able to get it done in 10 innings by a count of 3-2 to as Garrett Woodlock wound up getting his first career start, and he looked really good. Four scoreless innings, he winds up getting seven punch-outs, gives up just one hit, so early returns on that is very solid. Cutter Crawford winds up coming in for a leaf. He gives you three scoreless innings, punching out five. Austin Davis was able to give you a scoreless inning, and then he did wind up having an issue, which he wound up having Mr. Tyler Danish come in. He winds up giving you a scoreless inning, and all three of these runs wind up getting scored by the Tampa Bay race in the 10th inning, as it was 0-0 zero to zero going into the 10th. Trevor Story winds up committing a really bad error, so Enzo Robles gives up all three runs, none of which were earned, as the Tampa Bay Rays get a walk-off homer by Kevin Kiermeyer off of him, and a spot at which he shouldn't have been in to start with, and for the Tampa Bay Rays, the bullpen winds up being scoreless for nine full innings. J.P. Fireisen, Javi Guerra, Jeffrey Springs, John Adam, Ryan Thompson, Andrew Kittredge. They pitch a combined nine scoreless innings, and then Matt Weasler. He winds up giving up two runs, one of which was earned because you've got the ghost runner in the 10th inning. So that was a big giant calamity out there. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they're on a winning streak. The Arizona Diamondbacks have now been able to win three out of their last four games as they take down the New York Metropolitans by a count of 5-2. to two. Trevor Williams winds up giving up four runs to two innings in a start in which might be his last for quite a while. It's not necessarily been going great for him. Adam Montevino, one and a third innings. He winds up giving up a run. Sean Reed fully to his credit. Two two-thirds innings scoreless. Wouldn't be surprised if he might wind up drawing a start here in the near future for the Mets. And then Julie Rodriguez was able to give you a scoreless inning along with Adonis Medina. For the Mets, just not a lot doing on offense. Three of six with men in scoring position, but Humberto Casianas should probably get more starts for the years in the Diamondbacks. Wasn't too bad in his starting role last season. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings. Noe Ramirez, coupled with Kyle Nelson, combined for two scoreless innings. Ian Kennedy, Joe Manette, Tipley. They're able to close the door in for the years in the Diamondbacks. 11 hits for this team, so they have climbed their batting average as a collective up to 
Da-da-da-da, a buck 80. So, there we go for the Arizona Diamondbacks. This game winds up going 10 as the Slam Diego Padres, they take down the LA Dodgers by a count of 3-2, ending a 10-game losing streak that they had to LA. For Tyler Anderson, not a great start, not a terrible start. Winds up giving up two runs in four and two-thirds innings as Jake Cronenworth goes deep off of him for his home run season. This Dodgers bullpen has been very good, and they wound up going five innings, giving up one unearned run because the Goes to runner counts as an unearned run. Justin Brewer wanted giving that up in two-thirds of an inning. But you had Alex Vecchia, Mitch White, Bruce Ryder, Gratterall, Danny Hudson. I'll give you a scoreless setting. And Phil Bickford gives you an out of the bullpen. And for the Padres, had to like what you saw out of you Darvish giving up just one hit in six innings. No runs from there. You did wind up having a scoreless setting out of Steven Wilson. The guy that wanted giving up both of those runs, Luis Garcia. He winds up giving that up while getting just one out, but he did wind up having Taylor Rogers be able to give you one and two-thirds inning scoreless, and Robert Suarez was able to come in for a scoreless inning. So the Padres able to get the job done out west. Out west, the Baltimore Orioles have now won three out of their last four games, and they play their second over of the season, five to four. They take down the Alos as Spencer Watkins, who last year had an 80 RA, looked a little bit better. Did wind up giving up two solo runs in his five innings of work as Mike Trout winds up taking him deep, not once but twice for his third and fourth home runs of the season. Then Brandon Marsh a little bit later would get his second home run season off of Brian Baker as Baker gives up two runs in an inning, but it's been a relatively solid Orioles bullpen thus far. Ode Lopez, Joey Creeble, and Dylan Tate all give you a scoreless setting in for the Baltimore Orioles. They were the beneficiaries of some Angels errors as you wind up having the team leave 10 men on base, but for the Angels, you wind up having Aaron Loop take the loss because he gives up three unearned runs. Anthony Rendon, who's been a big giant waste of money, fourth error of the season, he's hitting at 205 on to pit, having a costly error along Andrew Velasquez. That wound up hurting Aaron Loop. No Thor Syndergaard, not a bad start in this one. Two runs give it up in five and a third innings. Ryan Tabera gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Then Mike Myers, Rossi Iglesias, they give you scoreless eighth and ninth innings, but damage was done by the fielding. The Seattle Mariners, they did plenty of damage to the Kansas City Royals. 13-7. They're able to get the job done as you wind up having Chris with a K. Bubich get completely destroyed in this one. He gives up five runs in two plus innings. That's going deep for the Seattle Mariners. J.P. Crawford for his second home run in the campaign. And then you would get a home run a little bit later off of Ty France who made it more like a win France for him. His fourth home run season. That comes off of Dylan Coleman who winds up giving up one run in two-thirds of an inning. Josh Seamount wound up giving up a run in an inning. And you wind up having a lot of bullpen usage as Ronald Bolanos was able to give you one and a third inning scoreless. Joel Payampas, Amir Garrett, they both give you a scoreless inning. You wind up having Colin Sider come in for a pair of outs, gives up one run. But Jake Brent, his ERA is now 1869. When your ERA is greater than the year that wound up being in the Civil War, that's not great. Five runs given up in a third of an inning as you wind up having the Royals go 3 of 14 with men in scoring position as they wound up putting up 10 hits as Matt Brash. Not necessarily a great start here, giving up three runs in four and a third innings, and you don't mess with the Yohan Ramirez. Gives up three runs in a third of an inning, but Eric Swanson was able to give you a scoreless inning. Matt Festa, Anthony Machevich both give you a pair of outside the bullpen, and then Diego Castillo was able to give you a scoreless inning, coupled with Matt Cox. So it's a Seattle Mariners team that they've actually been playing quite a few overs recently, as I believe that they have now played four out of their last six games to the over, and they wind up being able to get it done 
out there. You wound up having the Miami Marlins, a team that had broken the four-run plateau in regulation just three times this year, really have a nice offensive outburst. They take down the Atlanta Braves by a count of 9-7 to seven as you wind up having Jazz Shizzle get his fourth home run of the season. That comes off of starter Ian Anderson, who didn't have a bad start. Does wind up giving up three runs of five innings, but only two of which were earned was hurt by an Austin Riley fielding error, but then the bullpen wound up being not so trustworthy. Colin McHugh gives up three runs in a third of an inning. Spencer Strider, he doesn't get an out and he winds up giving up three runs. A.J. Minter was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Will Smith gets jiggy with it. He was able to give you a squirrel of setting. And then Jesse Chavez, back from the Chicago Cubs, was able to give the team two squirrel of settings, including five punch outs. And for the Atlanta Braves, Ozzy, 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 Albies, Albies, Albies. Goes deep off of Elias Hernandez. Sixth home run season. Hernandez would serve one up to Austin Riley. His third home run season. And then he would also give one to Alex Dickerson. His first home run season. So Hernandez wound up getting shelled for three home runs. Giving up five runs in total over the course of four and two thirds innings. John Armstrong gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Giving up two runs in the process. But Anthony Bass... Cole Solzer, Tanner Scott, I'll give you scoreless innings, and then Stephen O'Kurt, pair of outside the bullpen, so despite the Miami Marlins stranding 12 men on base, they are able to get the job done, and they are able to get a W, then you wind up having the St. Louis Cardinals just continue the demise of the Cincinnati Reds. Reds have now lost 11 straight games, and it's just gotten embarrassing. 5-0 the final. The Cardinals, by the way, wind up stranding 10 men on base, but Dakota Hudson, Dominant in this game. He does wind up walking four, but gives up just two hits in six and a third innings. Cody Whitley is able to give you a scoreless inning. And then Andre Pellanti was able to give you one and a third inning scoreless in for the Cardinals, by the way. Paul Goldschmidt has been able to bust out a little bit. Wound up having a pair of RBI in this one as Tyler Molly just throughout his career as pitch. Significantly worse in Cincinnati than on the road. Gives up two runs in four and a third innings, but any run would have done in the Cincinnati Reds as they just got nothing going with regards to their bats. He did wind up having... Art Warren give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Dordi Moretta was able to give you a scoreless inning along Justin Wilson. And then Hunter Strickland gives up a run in an inning. Now rocking in 11.81 ERA. So that actually dropped his ERA. And Lucas Sims, season debut, not a good one. Winds up giving up two runs over the course of an inning. And if you take a look at what we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Saturday, wound up seeing the under binge continue as you wound up seeing one push on the total. You wound up seeing eight unders and six overs. So... 57% clip to the under. You did wind up seeing quite a few underdogs being able to come through as well. Eight of them in total. And you take a look at what we've all been able to get in Major League Baseball this season. Unders still hitting at a 61.8% clip. Underdogs overall, they haven't necessarily been able to do the world's best job. 90 and 131 overall. That's a 40.7% hit rate. But what you've been noticing with the underdogs is that they've been able to keep it close. Favorites are 131 and 90, but favorites have only been able to cover the run line 99 times. So 32 teams that have been a favorite have won by approximately one run. So that's something to keep note of. And we always want to keep note of great guests on this podcast. Coming up next, Scott Seidenberg certainly fits the bill. You're able to catch him on the look at. That is from 10 p.m. Pacific time to 1 a.m. Eastern every, if you're looking on the West Coast, Sunday through Thursday, bleeding into Friday. If you're out there on the East Coast, 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern time. That is Monday through Friday. So we're going to be chatting with him next about what he's noticed this baseball season and just the way that he wants to gauge guys that are making his debut, things that he's looking at with regards to his baseball handicapping in general this season, and the big bench of unders that we've been seeing as well. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At 
Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. And it is great to be joined by our guest as this man does absolutely terrific work over there at the Vegas Sets and Information Network. You're able to catch him late night as this is a man that he owes from typically 10 p.m. Pacific time to 1 a.m. Pacific. That is 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern on the show, The Look At. You're able to catch that Sunday through Thursday, although the Sunday show a little bit earlier, and sometimes you find me filling in for this gentleman whenever he gets moved up to the nightcap as well. So sometimes we wind up playing a little bit of musical chairs there as it is Scott Seidenberg joining me right here on the podcast, who you're able to follow on Twitter at Scott's on Air altogether. And Scott, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, anytime, Greg. What's going on? Uh, not too much is going on if you're taking a look at these scores in baseball games because there's been a lot of scoring this year. 
right around 60% of games going into Friday had been going under the total. And I typically do wind up looking a little bit more at unders towards the beginning part of the season. But how shocking has it been that it's been this much the under? Because you expect a little bit more, in my opinion. I don't think you expect quite this. Well, it's clear, Greg, that Major League Baseball has changed the ball once again. Yes, we know that humidors are now being used in all 30 Major League ballparks. And while it's going to have an effect on limited flight distance in some conditions, in more humid conditions, it actually might even out the playing field. But we don't see that typically this time of year. So, yeah, I do think weather has something to do with it, but the ball is clearly deader than it has been in the past. We know last year that they used a mix of baseballs. There was dead baseballs. There was juiced baseballs. This year, we're clearly in the dead balls, and it's something that, you know, Major League Baseball doesn't release to the public and and they don't tell you what's going on, but there's no secret that they are trying to adapt And what we're noticing through the first two weeks of the Major League Baseball season is that the same swings are not producing the same outcomes. And what I mean by that is that the prototypical exit velocities combined with launch angles that would normally result in home runs are resulting in flyouts to the warning track. And other swings and exit velos are resulting in limited distance and less hits and more outs. So what's the equalizer there? If everything else is the same, it's got to be the baseball. Yep, it's been very interesting to take a look at this. And you do expect the ball to wind up dying a little bit more in April, especially when you wind up getting the really, really bad climates this time of year like the northeast part of the country like you wind up seeing in minnesota to see a ball that would typically go out die at the warning track in say minnesota that's not necessarily a shock when you wind up seeing it in a dome stadium and or something like the state of texas then you should be sounding the alarm a little bit more so i am right there with you as we do have scott seidenberg joining me right here on the podcast and when it comes to taking a look at these totals, I do have to feel like the books are going to be able to adapt a little bit more because we actually wound up seeing something very similar in the NBA. First month of the NBA season, right around 60% of games, wound up going under the total. And then when it was all said and done for the regular season, you saw more overs than unders in the NBA. I'm anticipating a little bit of a shift up with regards to these totals in which you are going to be able to take a look at some of these overs. Are you sort of trying to target the same thing or are you just taking it as it comes with regards to these unders? Well, there's definitely been some sort of market adjustment. I mean, when was the last time, and it's not frequent, when when have you seen any nines that have just been shooting up across Major League Baseball? You're you're not seeing them. You know, you're seeing eights, eight, seven and a halfs. The Baltimore Orioles, who started the season basically going under every single game up until a couple of days ago, that number was posted finally at seven for their game against the Oakland A's. And and that was the point where I let everybody know, all right, we can stop betting the under now because the book has completely overreacted and posted a total of seven. And naturally that game does go over that posted total of seven. So I think you have to keep an eye on it on a case-by-case basis. But if you're starting to see these numbers creep down seven and a halfs where you believe the outcome should be much higher, then yeah, you can take advantage of some low numbers. Totally agree with you there. That seven was a little bit too low in the Oakland A's game. And I've just been noticing it. You bring up the Oakland A's. They've really been the team that I feel like has been the most undervalued in all of baseball. Just going back to the game that they wound up having on Friday with Adam Aller and Glenn Otto going at it 
for the Texas Rangers. The Rangers being a road favorite and a guy in Otto who had north of a nine ERA last season, making his season debut being a favorite, that doesn't necessarily add up to me. Now, I certainly do recognize the fact that Oakland, they're drawing pretty much flies to their game at this point. The ownership has done no favors in being able to bring fans into the ballpark, but is it just me or do some of these prices that we've been seeing in Oakland A's games just seem out of whack in my opinion? And the Oakland A's are just getting maybe a little bit of a lack of respect at this point yeah we know that it's not a good roster I mean they have certain players that can uh, certainly get the job done but it is not a roster that's on par with uh, the rest of Major League Baseball it's it's indicated by the payroll but just on the talent level as well Greg and the prices yeah might be a little disrespectful but in certain instances they're correct Um, and we're starting to see the market also dictate this where people are buying the opposing team rather than betting on the A's I was actually on the A's the other night when they won against the Baltimore Orioles in the finale of their set Thursday. But I bet against them on Friday with the Texas Rangers. So it's, for me, again, a case-by-case basis. But I am not a believer in this Oakland A's team. I think they have uh, exceeded a little bit of expectation to start the season. But I believe we will see that regression as we progress throughout and as they get into more and more division games. No doubt. I do think that there is going to be a little bit of regression here with Oakland. I don't think that this is going to be any sort of a team that makes the playoffs or even finishes above 500. That said, I think that there can be a little bit of coin being made on some of these teams, which they do wind up playing well this time of year, as we do have Scott Seidenberg of VEASAN joining me on the podcast. And I do like the fact that you want to mention the fact that you're taking it on a case-by-case basis. And I do think that that is so important because one thing that I wind up seeing just on hashtag gambling Twitter is that there are so many people out there that they say, oh, just blindly take the over with this team, blindly take the under with that team, blindly bet this team. And I feel like you really can't do that with baseball because these starting pitchers really do dictate a lot of the markets that we do wind up seeing, no question. The lineup you trot out there, the bullpen that you've got, that makes a big deal as well. But when it comes to baseball, this is the one sport in which you can't be blind backing slash blind fading really any team in general, unless if you have some good trends with regards to starting pitching, maybe you wind up having a little bit of matchup data that is super juicy, but I am someone that you've got to be taking a look at all these games on a case-by-case basis and be willing to adjust if you wind up seeing something that maybe you weren't expecting coming into the season. Oh, absolutely. And I think also there's so many different variables that come into play when you're handicapping a baseball game. There's bullpen usage, there's lineups. So you can't blindly take care of anything. You really have to do evaluate things as they come each and every day. Totally agree with you there. There is no question about that. And when it comes to what you've been seeing this MLB season, is there a team or two that has been standing out, whether it be to the positive or the negative? I mentioned the Oakland A's thus far this year. Betting on them for myself has been relatively solid. I certainly see some fades coming in the near future, but so far so good there. A team that I've been mentioning, the Milwaukee Brewers, they've been a team that they don't necessarily have the world's worst record. I just don't necessarily like the product that I'm seeing right now. Maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh on them because I am from the state of Wisconsin, but I just feel like when I watch them, they should be doing a little bit more than what they are right now. I'm not sure if there's a team or two that really stands out to you, but those are a few that have been towards the top of my list. Well, the Mets are off to a great start. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, you know, usually the winners of the offseason and then that's it are actually putting it together here in the regular season. I thought Buck Showalter was 
an absolute home run of a hire for them. And he has really brought a lot of gravitas to that clubhouse. And so the Mets are off to a tremendous start this season. As far as like bad teams that you can rely on sometimes, the Texas Rangers, they can hit the baseball. This is a team that, you know, it, maybe the record's not showing it, but offensively they are capable of putting up runs. So you take a look at maybe some overs, team totals or whatnot. They can hit the baseball. So you keep an eye on that. I do think that we're going to see um, some teams like the Reds continue to struggle as they continue to lose and lose by more than one run. And who knows by the end, of, by, by the time we get to the trade deadline, they might be selling even more players. Tyler Molly could be on his way out. And this is just an organization that I think their original total might have been around 70. They're not going to win 62 games, Greg. They're, they're going to they're gonna lose 100 games at least. So this is going to be a very, very bad team this season. To your point, with regards to the Cincinnati Reds, I believe that going into the season, their over-under win total was actually like right around like a 73, 73 and a half. Yeah, and, definitely under. Uh, and I think the adjusted right now is at 70 or 71. So it's still a good bet to go under. Yeah, I really don't blame you there. Jonathan India has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. To your point, they made no attempt whatsoever to sign their players in the offseason. As a matter of fact, trading away Eugenio Suarez along Jesse Winker to the Seattle Mariners, even though they had a team that I felt like could compete for the postseason had they kept it together. And yet instead, they decided to punt on it, even though we might have seen a expanded playoff. So great job to the Cincinnati ownership there. Way to care about your fans and try to get into the postseason this year. I say that obviously very, very jokingly. And with Cincinnati, you got to figure that they're going to be having quite a few guys making their debut this year. This is piggybacking off of a little bit of what we wound up seeing on Saturday because last few days we have seen a couple guys wind up going out there and wind up making their MLB debut. And typically these are good fade spots for me, in my opinion. Someone like a Kirk McCarthy who wound up making his debut for the Cleveland Guardians. That's someone that I wanted absolutely no part of whatsoever. Matt Brash, who wound up going for Seattle on Saturday, he's proven to be a very good up-and-coming prospect, and he's looked solid thus far this season. But I take a look at a lot of these guys when they do wind up making their MLB debut, especially on the mound, and I like to go against these guys. I'm not sure what your thoughts are with regards to gauging some of those spots, but I always feel like a first time out, Typically, the nerves are there for a guy, and they don't wind up performing their best. It's not so much maybe the first time out. I mean, for me, it's about our guys ready to pitch at the major league level. I've been fading for the Washington Nationals, a guy like Yoan Adon, for pretty much every single one of his starts. I mean, this is a guy who was in single A last year, Greg, and he gets fast-tracked through the organization just because of their need for arms. And he makes one start at the end of last season and strikes out nine batters, and all of a sudden he's ready to make the major league roster. Like one start does not a pitcher make. He's got control problems. He had control problems in all levels of the minors. And it showed by the fact that he gave up, uh, I think, five runs in each of his first two starts. You know, things like that I look for um, more so than guy making his first major league start. For instance, Joe Ryan is just a tremendous pitcher. And he is ready to pitch at the major league level. Uh, First start or 50th start, the guy's ready to pitch at the major league level. Other guys, Hunter Green's got velocity, certainly can get the strikeouts, but his first three starts have not gone well so far this season. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I think that it's very important to not just be blinded by the fact that the guy is hitting 100, but how he's actually locating as well, because he has certainly given up some long balls. And I always think that this is something that is very intriguing to take a look at. And Scott, I know that you do a great job of taking a look at the game of baseball. This is one of your favorites to be able to handicap, but I know you do a little bit of everything over there on the look at. I know that you're doing great work when it comes to being able to gauge the NBA as well. I know you're going to be knee deep with regards to NFL draft props this week as well. You do a great job hosting that show, The Look At, every Sunday through Thursday if you're out there on the East Coast from 1 to 4 a.m., which is technically Monday through Friday if you're out there on the West, uh, if you're out there on the East Coast. On the West Coast, it's technically Sunday through Thursday because it winds up starting at 10 p.m. Pacific time. But I know you do a great job with that and so much more. So let the good people at home know they're able to catch you on social media and just what's all on tap for you the next few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a busy time here. We got playoffs about to get started in uh, the NHL. Obviously, NBA playoffs in full swing. Big week with the draft right here in Las Vegas. And, of course, Major League Baseball just dominating my concentration every single day. So you can always follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I. Are hosting picks constantly. Daily best bets email up on vcin.com has multiple picks a day, plus my play of the day. I do release for free on Twitter. Constantly interacting with the audience, which I love, and just gearing up for what's going to be hopefully another profitable week. I agree with you. It's going to be an absolutely tremendous weekend. It really is one of the best times of the sports calendar because you've got the NBA playoffs that's going on, Major League Baseball in full swing. Like you said, out here in lovely Las Vegas, we've got the NFL draft. You've got quite a few rambunctious golf tournaments that are going to be going on the next few weeks. So there is a lot of fun to be had. And Scott covers it all over there on VEASAN. Does a great job hosting the show to look at five nights a week. And it's always a pleasure whenever I get to sit in on the chair for him. And it's always a pleasure whenever we get Scott on this podcast as well. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. Now part of the VEASAN family podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday. As we... Touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddy makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is The Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is always a pleasure to get Scott Seidenberg on. He does a terrific job with the show, The Look At, and if you're tuning in next weekend, I believe that it's going to be next Sunday, so seven days from now, I'll be filling in for him. I always get a chance once every few weeks to be on there. Scott does absolutely amazing work here. Able to catch him whenever I'm on the look at on the nightcap, so we typically wind up playing musical chairs. Scott, one of the best in the business of being able to take a look at baseball, so great to be able to get him on today. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the games with three digits on the rotation first, then the games with six digits. Those are going to be at the bottom. We've got a pair of teams that currently have two be determined pitchers. It looks like for the Washington Nationals, they'll be going with Josiah Gray, but a little bit of question mark there and a little bit of question mark with regards to the Chicago White Sox. So that might be a little bit of subject to change. I just want to make that known before I wind up giving things out as... It actually looks like on that first game, we are probably going to have a little bit of a flipper Rooney as 901-902 on the betting board. Currently, it is the Washington Nationals with a to-be-determined starter going up against the San Francisco Giants who will be throwing out their Logan Webb. No numbers currently up on this game. We're seeing Josiah Gray a little bit earlier. Now we're seeing Yoan Adon who's going to be going for the Washington Nationals in all likelihood. And with Adon, this is someone that prior to the final start that you want to making in the 2021 season against the Boston Red Sox, had never pitched really above high A ball. This is someone that it's really hard to be able to trust in him in a spot like this. So this is going to be a spot in which I'll probably be taking a look at a little bit of a San Francisco Giants run line. With regards to the San Francisco Giants, I'd probably be willing to lay up to about a minus 125-ish with regards to run line on them if it does wind up being Yohan Adon. When it comes to money line, I'm setting this in the high 180s. I wound up officially making it with Adon versus Logan Webb, a minus 188 on the San Francisco Giants. And I did wind up making this total an 8.7. So in 8.5 or lower, I'd be looking at an over and a 9 or higher. I would be taking a look at the under. You wind up seeing the San Francisco Giants in the first few games of the series do their part on offense right now. The Washington Nationals have not really been able to get going. You've got Juan Soto still has been able to do a great job with this team. Three home runs, 
one of the best on-base percentages that you're going to find out there in the big leagues. And you have been able to get a little bit of production out of Mikel Franco as well. He said a pair of home runs. And Josh Bell said a pair of home runs. Bell has a 446 on-base. Franco is sitting a 280. So the offense has been relatively okay in the middle, but these guys at the bottom, Lane Thomas, Alcides Escobar, Victor Robles, all these guys are hitting a 200 or lower, and Nelson Cruz has not really been able to get it going either. And then take a look at the San Francisco Giants. They've been pounding a Washington Nationals bullpen that with having Sean Doolittle out, Kyle Finnegan, Tanner Rainey being some of your most trustworthy pieces, Andres Machado has been absolutely terrible, and they've been able to hit that bullpen, and they've been able to hit it pretty good. Wilmer Flores, Sario Estrada, both of these guys hitting right around a 250-ish. You've been able to get four bombs already this year out of Brian Belt. He's got a 361 on base. Jack Peterson has been hitting above a 300. Has been missing for a little bit of time. He's been platooning a little bit this season as well. Joey Bart, whenever he's been out there, he's been able to supply a little bit of power. Average has not necessarily been there for him, but certainly has been able to do a solid job of being able to help out this offense as well. And then with the San Francisco Giants, they're going to be backing up Logan Webb with the only bullpen that had an ERA that was sub-3 last year and you wind up bringing back a lot of those pieces like Dominique Leon, Zach Liddell, Dick McGee is back, Jose Alvarado. So you got a lot of good guys. And when it comes to Logan Webb, no question he's not quite as dominant on the road as he is at home. Last year wound up having a 408 ERA on the road, but still only gave up five home runs over the course of 75 innings. And a guy that has really been able to put it together here in his first three starts of the season, 17 and two-thirds innings. He's yet to give up a home run. Some of his stuff has not really been there this season, but it's given up four walks. Meanwhile, eight on for the Nationals. 587 ERA in his three starts. That's good swing and miss stuff, but also nine walks and three home runs. Give it up in 15 and a third inning. So, set my money line at a minus 188. I'd be willing to lay up to about a minus 125 here on the run line. And like I mentioned, at an 8.5 or lower looking over, a 9 or higher to the under. 903-904 on the bang board. The Atlanta Braves are going to be playing us to the Miami Marlins. Ace Luis Lazardo is going to be going for the fish, and Bryce Elder is going to be on the bump for Atlanta. Atlanta has found themselves anywhere between minus 138 minus 145. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Miami, anywhere between plus 120 and plus 135. 8.5 is your total with the over anywhere between minus 105 minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115, seeing straight out 8 out there as well. That over is minus 125 and the under is plus 105, and when it comes to Miami Marlins, I am going to be willing to bite on the fish in this spot as I wound up saying them more around a plus 126 underdog because you do take a look at Asus Lazardo. First start of the season, wound up having 12 strikeouts. He's seen about two miles per hour added on to his fastball with regards to velocity, so that's really going to be able to help him out. Last start out, relatively rough against the St. Louis Cardinals, does wind up giving up five runs, four of which were earned in that start, and he has given up three walks in nine and a third innings. Nothing great, nothing terrible, but take a look at Mr. Elder. At the minor league level last year, he was giving up more than three walks per nine innings, and has continued here in the big leagues. Has pitched ten innings in his two starts, giving up five runs and two homers in the process. Five walks, not a guy that's necessarily going to give you a lot of swings and misses, and at 22 years old, lot of upside with them. That said, I think that he probably should not be at the major league level right now. The Braves, they've just been dealing with so many injuries that they had to send him up, and it is a Braves lineup that they are able to put back to ball. Matt Olson entering into the game yesterday. 500 on base. He's been able to slug them out with a pair of homers. Marcelo Zuna, Ozzy Albies, they entered into Saturday with a combined nine home runs between the two of them. Both of these guys have been rock solid. Austin Riley, just south of a 400 on base. He's been able to do a solid job for the team as well. Even Orlando Arcia, who wound up coming over from the Brewers last season. He's been solid. And you take a look at this Miami Marlins team. The big thing for them is... Can they just wind up getting guys on base? Has it's been a slow start to the year for the Atlanta Braves. Hero from last year at Ore Soler. He, Avicio Garcia, Miguel Rojas, Jacob Stallings, Jesus Aguiar. 
all entered into Saturday, hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. Now, Jazz Chislam, Asa Sanchez, both of these guys have been able to get on base. Both of these guys have three home runs. They've really been carrying the mail, and getting Garrett Cooper back is very solid. And for the Miami Marlins, what you're able to rely upon with this team is that the bullpen is going to be relatively solid. Stephen O'Curt has been able to give you good innings. They bring in Cole Solzer, Tanner Scott from the Baltimore Orioles, both of the Anthony's, Anthony Bath, Anthony Bender. They're able to give you good innings, but the Atlanta Braves, they counter with a good bullpen of their own. Colin McHugh is able to give you multiple innings. AJ Minter, Tyler Madzik. These guys were terrific during the postseason. Now, Will Smith gets shaky with it, but Darren O'Day has been solid, and you've also noticed that Steven Strider has been someone that has been known to come in, in long relief last time he wanted pitching, was when Elder took the mound, and he wound up going three and two-thirds scoreless coming off of Elder, so I wouldn't be surprised if we do wind up seeing a little bit of him. I do think that the Miami Marlins should be a little bit of an underdog in this spot, but with that said, when it comes to Miami, I do wind up setting them at a plus 126 in this spot, so I'm going to be willing to bite, and I do think that both of these starters are going to have their tendencies to wind up giving up runs. Keep in mind, Ace Cesardo, north of a 5 ERA last season. That was not necessarily so great, but with that said, I do think that Miami shouldn't be quite this big of an underdog in a game that will see some scoring. I set my total at 9.2, looking over and looking fish. 9-5, 9-6 on the betting board. You've got these St. Louis Cardinals, and they're going to be hitting the road to face up against the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds are finding themselves as a little bit of an underdog in the spot of anywhere between plus 120 and plus 132. Meanwhile, if you're looking at St. Louis, going to be finding them anywhere between minus 138 and minus 145. 8.5 is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120, and the under is anywhere between even and minus 105. And when it comes to St. Louis, I feel like they should be much more of a sizable favorite. Set them at minus 158. This is the Cincinnati Reds team that they entered into the weekend, 2-12. and 12. Worst record out there in the big leagues, and just ownership not caring about the Cincinnati Reds. It's been really sad to see, and you have to bring up a guy, Nick Lodolo, who he was solid at the minor league level, but he really never got past double-A baseball prior to the season. He's had his trials and tribulations out there at the minor league level as well, and He's given up five walks in nine innings. Command has always been a little bit of an issue with him. He's given up eight runs in nine innings. Guy's given up three bombs as well. Pitching in a ballpark like Great American Ballpark just not conducive for him being this young. And Adam Rainwright is someone that knows how to be able to keep the ball in the yard himself. Has given up two home runs in three starts this season. But other than that start against the Milwaukee Brewers has been lights out. If you take out that start, he has went 11 and two-thirds innings in his other two starts. Giving up just one run in the process. And it's backed up by a St. Louis Cardinals bullpen that has been absolutely tremendous. He's up to ERA from all these guys. TJ McFarland is able to give you some good innings. They wind up bringing in Nick Wicker and after he had his struggle in Cleveland last series, and he's looked solid. Genesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos. These guys have been incredible, and for the Reds, this is one of the worst bullpens out there in the big leagues. Luis Sessa is able to give you a couple of okay innings. Buck Farmer, though, hard to have a lot of faith in he. Dory Moretta has not been great for this bunch. Jeff Hoffman is being used as a long reliever at this point, so it's a hot mess, and for the Cincinnati Reds, you just haven't been able to get any offense whatsoever with this team. RDC De Sacchino, a few seasons ago, you wound up having that historic month of August. Now he, you're able to throw in there Nick Senzel, Joey Vato, Tommy Pham. All these guys are currently hitting a buck 75 or lower. Now, I do think that Joey Votto is going to be able to get online, but we saw him get off to a slow start last season, and when he picked it up, it was a case of too little, too late. Taylor Naquin, Kyle Farmer, both of these guys are hitting at 255, and they've really been setting the, I guess you'd call it, curve for the team because they deal with an injury to Jonathan India. Meanwhile, you take a look at St. Louis, and you've already got four home runs from Nolan Arenado north of a 440 on base out of him. Had a couple guys at the bottom of the lineup like Harrison Bader, Lars Newtbar, not necessarily doing a great job with the bat, but Tommy Edmond, he is off to a tremendous start for this team. Three home runs, hitting well above a 300. 
Dylan Carlson has been a little bit up and down. Ian Balakolchmit got off to a rough start to begin the season, but both guys were able to bust out for multiple hits yesterday. I think that St. Louis should be a pretty sizable favorite here. I am very willing to lay the money line in the spot. Set it at a minus 158. Do you mind saying my total of 9.3 as well? Cincinnati, one of the most hitter-friendly ballparks out there in baseball. Having a guy like Nick Lodolo on there should allow the St. Louis Cardinals to be able to get a relatively big mark up there on the board. So looking at the over, and I'm going to be looking at the Cardinals as we go to 907-908 on the bang board. The Chicago Cubs are going to be playing us to the Pittsburgh Pirates. JT Brubaker is going to be going for the Buccos, and Justin Steele is going to be on the bump for the Cubs. Currently, we've got no number up with regards to the total because this is a game that's out there at Wrigley Field. And as we know, when it comes to games at Wrigley, the wind winds up dictating a lot. We saw that on full display yesterday, so we currently have no totals up. But with that said, when it comes to the Cubs' money line, it is anywhere team minus 165 and minus 180. Meanwhile, with the Buccos, it's anywhere team plus 150 and plus 157. And this is one of the highest totals I wound up setting all season long. Do you mind saying my total at 10.7? Because wind is going to be very similar to what we wound up seeing on Saturday. Blowing out most likely 15 plus miles per hour. So 10.5 or lower. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Once we wind up hitting 11, that'll be my buy point on the under. And you do take a look at JT Burbaker on the road. Even when the wind wasn't blowing out, this guy was not necessarily so great last season. He has already made three starts this season. Two of which were on the road. The two road starts wound up giving up a pair of homers over the course of eight innings. So he's picked up right where he left off from last season when he had a 678. Rodiari giving up 18 bombs in 65 innings, but you do take a look at Justin Steele. He has pitched 12 innings this season. He's only given up 6 runs, but if you take a look at his fielding independent for his career, it is north of 5. Very much a pitch-to-contact guy. He has been able to get a few more strikeouts this year than last season, but has also been giving up 4.5 walks. Per 9 innings has been a little bit lucky that the ball hasn't left the yard on him a little bit more than it has, and it is the Pittsburgh Pirates lineup that well, they scored as many runs as myself yesterday, and this is a team that I believe that they have broken the four-run plateau just once a season, but you do take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, and you actually do have guys getting on base for you. Michael Chavis hitting above a 350. Daniel Vogelback, who I still feel like he should be batting clean up and not in the leadoff spot, but he's been hitting above 300. Brian Reynolds hit a 300 last season. You've even been able to get a little bit of production out of some like a Diego Castillo, who I believe that he wound up having a pitch in ninth inning yesterday, or the eighth inning yesterday, so that was not necessarily too terrific. But on the lineup, Kevin Newman, Austin Knapp, Cole Tucker, a lot of these guys have been bust Rooney's, but you do have a few guys towards the top that are able to get on base, even Yoshi Satsugo, and for the Chicago Cubs, this has been one of the best offenses out there in the big leagues, Ian Half. He wound up having 14 home runs in the final two months of the season last year. Right now, he's got a 333 batting average. Wilson Contreras went out for a 3-8 game yesterday, and for the Cubs, they're 21 runs that they wound up scoring on Saturday. Just one home run, and it wound up coming from a little bit of an unlikely spot in Alfonso Rivas, who a little bit of an up-and-coming prospect. Hitting about 400 this season, obviously. Small sample size. He, Nico Horner, Jonathan VR, all been able to get on base. It's honestly been Rafael Ortega, who's been the weak link when it comes to the Cubs. And for the Cubs, it is a bullpen that is not necessarily too trustworthy. You are going to have out there Michael Gibbons, who did not wind up getting used up yesterday. You were able to have a little bit of faith in your own wick, but even for the Pirates, the bullpen is not too sad. Anthony Bonda, David Benar, they're able to give you some good innings. Chris Strain is able to come in. He's able to hold down the fort for you as well. So 
I do take a look at it, and I am seeing a little bit of value on the money line with the Pittsburgh Pirates. The advanced numbers show that regression is due to set in for Justin Seal, and I do think that it is going to be able to do so. So, north of a plus 150, want to take a shot here on the Pirates. A 10.5 or lower looking over, and an 11 or higher looking under, as it looks like we're getting a very windy day out there. Wait, Wrigley, as we move on to 909-910 on the betting board, you got yourself the Arizona the Diamondbacks, and they are going to be playing us to the New York Metropolitans. Tyler McGill is going to be going for the Mets, and Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner, going to be on the bump for Arizona. Your total on this game is 9. The over is anywhere between even at minus 110. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120 when it comes to the Metropolitans. Find them anywhere between minus 141 and minus 155. Meanwhile, with Arizona, it's anywhere between plus 131 and plus 138. And with this spot, I did wind up sending the Arizona Diamondbacks at a plus 137. Here at the plus 138, it is pretty much a minimum. Then I'm willing to take on the Arizona Diamondbacks, but I'm going to be willing to take a shot. A lot of people wound up jumping on the Tyler McGill bandwagon after he wound up having two very good starts. Followed that up with a little bit of a clunker against the San Francisco Giants, giving up four runs over the course of six innings. So I think that McGill is going to be very good, and he's going to be a long-term starter out here in the big leagues. He's got electrifying stuff. He's able to throw some steam, but take a look at what he wound up doing on the road last season. One and four record in eight starts, gave up nine home runs in 41 and two-thirds innings, and he was having a 432 ERA. Now, the good news is he's going up against an Arizona Diamondbacks lineup that is not necessarily so great because Seth Beer, hooray Beer, he wound up entering into yesterday, hitting a 385. You had one other guy in the starting lineup yesterday, hitting above a 227, and that would be Baven Smith. So that's an issue. Now you do have Dalton Barshow, who's made with four home runs this year, and Christian Walker has three, so you actually do have a little bit of pop with regards to the bats. And for the New York Mets, you've been able to have quite a few guys be able to match for this team. Pete Alonso wound up leading the league in home runs on the road last season. He's already got three this season, hitting at 275. The former Diamondback in Eduardo Escobar has been able to do a solid job of getting on base. He's hitting above a 275 as well. Been able to have guys like Brandon Nimmo doing a very solid job. And Francisco Lindor, not sure if I'll ever be quite the guy that we wound up seeing in Cleveland, but he's got four bombs. He's hitting at 300 as well, so that has been relatively trustworthy. The big thing with this Mets team is that the bullpen did wind up losing a few pieces from last season. Aaron Loop wound up having a 1 ERA. He's got Miguel Castro, Jersey Familia. These guys are out of the fold, so Chase and Shreve, Drew Smith, these guys are being relied upon for many more innings than they were last season, although they did wind up picking up Adam Adovino. And then you do take a look at this Arizona Diamondbacks team, and bullpen can be a little bit suspect. Joe Manette Tipley is actually able to give you a couple solid innings, and Ian Kennedy has had a nice second act in his career coming out of the bullpen, but now you've got some ancient guys that are trying to come out, like Mark Melanson and Oliver Perez, which that's not necessarily too terrific, but I do disagree with Madison Bumgarner being quite this big of an underdog with Bumgarner. Certainly has been a little bit of a rough go of it ever since he's went to Arizona. The swing of his stuff is a little bit down. You take a look at him this season, though, and he's made three starts. He has given up two earned runs, so he has been relatively steady. Just been a case in which he hasn't necessarily been able to get a whole heck of a lot of run support in. This is someone that does a good job of being able to keep the ball down. The walks per nine rate, even last season, wasn't necessarily too bad. It was more around about a 2.7, 2.8 at home. Did wind up having a 4.34 ERA. So I do think that this is a little bit too long of a price, in my opinion. I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on the Arizona Diamondbacks now. Pretty much at plus 138-ish, I'm seeing. That would be the minimum that I need to be able to take it, but I'm willing to take it in this spot. And when it comes to total, I did wind up setting it at an 8.1. I do think that the Diamondbacks are going to be all down quite a bit in this spot. I do think that the Mets are going to have a little bit of a tough time hitting Madison Bumgarner. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at Arizona. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. you got the LA Dodgers, and they're going to be taking on the Slam Diego Padres. Shum- is going to be going 
for the pods, and you've got Clayton Kershaw. Going on the bump for the Dodgers, the Dodgers, and between minus 135 and minus 150 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the pods, it's between plus 125 and plus 130. 7.5 is your total. Under is minus 125. The over is plus 105. And on a 7, we are seeing the exact opposite. The over is minus 125, and the under is plus 105. And when it comes down to it, I do mind it saying the Padres at a plus 122, so plus 125 like I'm seeing right now. I'm willing to take a shot here. I do feel like Clayton Kershaw just a little bit towards the end of his run. You did wind up seeing him come out in his first start and he wound up having that seven-inning perfect game, which obviously he didn't wind up being able to finish that one, but you wish he would have been able to see it. He looked very solid there, but then he followed that up and he wound up giving a little bit of a stinker after that, so you do have your concerns there. He's a little bit inconsistent at his older age, giving up four runs over the course of five innings, including two home runs. He's been giving up quite a few more home runs ever since the beginning of the 2008 21 season. And you do take a look at Chaminea. He's been lights out in his starts for the Padres. Spent six plus innings in all three of them, giving up a grand total of three runs in these three starts, being able to get 19 strikeouts in 19 innings. So he's been rock solid. Now you do have to go up against pretty much a death star when it comes to lineups. As you got Justin Turner down for what? Trey Turner down for what? Max Muncy, Mookie Betts, the resurgent Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor. List goes on and on. All these guys that they're going to be able to hit for north of a 255 this season. They're going to give you 20-plus home runs. Heck, Gavin Lux has been able to do a terrific job. He'll be able to get on base for you as well. But you do take a look at these San Diego Padres. Not having Fernando Tatis Jr. out there does wind up hurting them a little bit. But even Manny Machado has been able to have a very solid start to the season. Ian Eric Hosmer going into Saturday, both hitting above a 353 home runs for Machado, Drixen, Profar. Four bombs for him to be able to begin the season. They've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to C.J. Abrams. He won being able to get back in the fold on Saturday. So that winds up being able to help them out a little bit. If you're able to get some of these guys like Will Myers, Jorge Alfaro, Trent Christian, who's been in and out of the fold going, that is going to be very beneficial. And both of these bullpens have been rock solid both this year and last year as well. Both of these teams were in the top eight with regards to bullpen ERA. Tim Mills, not necessarily a guy that I'm overly bullish on, but typically he's able to get the job done. Taylor Rogers is a good acquisition for this team. Nabel Crisman is able to give you a little bit of long relief when needed as well. And for the Dodgers, they did wind up having to throw out their Tyler Anderson as a starter yesterday. So bullpen's a little bit thinner, but now they get Danny Hudson back in the fold. Craig Kimbrell has been able to do a tremendous job for this team. Phil Beckford last year was really able to come up clutch for this bunch. Even someone like Alex Vesia is able to give you some good innings. So I do think that we are going to see a little bit of a lower scoring game. I do think that the seven halves with under juice of minus 125 has went a little bit too far though because when it comes to holding now both of these lineups, it's going to be very difficult to do. So I did wind up saying my total at 7.7. So being able to get plus money on 7.5, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. And when it comes to Padres, set them at a plus 122. So getting north of that, going to be taking the plus price to go along with this total over. 9.13, 9.14 on the bang board. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to be in the right face off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Supernola is going to be going for the Phillies. And Eric Lauer is going to be on the bump. For Milwaukee, Milwaukee is finding themselves in between plus 130 and plus 142 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the fills, it's anywhere between minus 150 and minus 152. Total on this game is 8. Over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And when it comes to Milwaukee Bears, I wound up setting them at plus 142. So you're at the 142 that we're seeing coming about. It's just enough for me to be able to pull the trigger on Milwaukee. You did wind up seeing them. 
be able to get to Zach Wheelan and Deal and Wheeler yesterday. So that was a very good sign for an offense that let's call it what it is. It's not going to be no focal point of this team. They did not wind up having a guy leave yesterday's game that wound up seeing it at bat, hitting above a 260, but you did wind up having Hunter Renfro be able to bust out. He wound up getting a second home run season. I do think that a little bit of regression is going to be setting in for him. I just think that his numbers last year with Boston, they were a little bit of an admiration, but Christian Yelich has been able to look a little bit more like his MVP self. He winds up getting an RBI yesterday. Colton Wong along with Willie Adamas, they've been having a little bit of a tough start to the season, but Rowdy Tellez is able to give you some good power if you're able to get the guys like Jace Peters and Lorenzo Cain to give you anything at the bottom of the lineup, you're staring at something, and when it comes to Philadelphia Phillies, this is a lineup that they do have the advantage. Nick Cassianos, he's been hitting a 321 this season. He's been able to do a solid job with the power, even though he hasn't been able to hit for a lot of average. Kyle Schwarber has already went deep four times this season. Gene Segura, he's been able to do a nice job of being a reach base. Heck, Odubo Herrera, Juan Camargo, Alec Bohm, these guys at the bottom of the lineup, they're only hitting above a 300 for the Philadelphia Phillies. Bullpen is much better this year than it has been in past seasons. He did wind up having Brad and use yesterday, but only for four pitches. So he, Corey Knable, both of these guys, good to be available along Jurisdiction Familiar. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, you do have to take note that Josh Ader and Devin Williams did wind up getting used yesterday, but they were not used the day before, and both guys went 11 pitches or less. So I would expect both to be available in a primetime game on Sunday Night Baseball. And when it comes to Eric Lauer, he's had a little bit of a rough start here to begin the season, but that said, when it comes to Eric Lauer, he wound up having a sub-2-5 ERA after the All-Star break last season. I do expect him to have a very good season this year. Wound up getting lit up a little bit against the Baltimore Orioles, giving up four runs in that first start, but wound up settling down against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And you take a look at what Eric Lauer wound up doing on the road last season. Right around a 327 ERA, wound up making in 11 total appearances. 10 home runs of 52 in a third innings, a little bit concerning, but also did wind up having fewer than two and a half walks per nine innings. I do think that Aaron Nola should be a favorite because Aaron Nola, he has, throughout his career, always posted up an ERA about a point lower at home than on the road, but... This is someone that has struggled to begin the season. Now, last start against the Colorado Rockies. In course, two runs, give it up in five and a third innings. Nothing really to scoff at there, but certainly has been a little bit of a rough go of it for him. He has been a little bit unlucky the last few seasons, but four home runs, give it up in 14 and two-thirds innings. That is a little bit of a concern. I do think that both of these guys are going to be overrated and give a good start. Set my total at a 7.8, so I'm going to be looking under, but with the Milwaukee Brewers. Plus 142 is really the minimum that I'm willing to take, but I'm willing to take the plus 142 that I'm seeing right now available with the Milwaukee Brewers. So going Brewers and going under. 915-916 on the bang board. The Tampa Bay Rays are going to be playing us to the Boston Red Sox. Rich Hill is going to be going for the Sox and Shane McClanahan is going to be on the bump for the Rays. The Rays are friending themselves in between a minus 150 and minus 160 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Boston, you're finding their plus price anywhere between plus 139 and plus 144 with your total on this game. 7.5, the over and the under. Are you working minus 105 and minus 115? Do you want to make my total 8.3? I'm going to be taking a look at it over. And when it comes to Boston, Rich Hill, not necessarily the most trustworthy guy in the world. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 148 here on the money line with the Tampa Bay Rays. They open at minus 185. So we have seen a pretty stark line move here. If we're able to get this down a couple more cents, I'll be willing to take a look at the money line. But when it comes to run line, I'm currently seeing it right around a plus 130. And I'd be willing to take a shot at a plus 130 run line. I set it at a plus 128. So we're looking at Tampa Bay in some form or fashion. I'm waiting for the summer to perhaps come down about another five 
five or so cents, whether it be on the money line or the run line. But we're looking at Tampa Bay with these line moves going right now the way of Boston. They seem coming in on them. You take a look at Shane McClanahan. First three starts of the year, he's been relatively solid. Giving up five runs, four of which were earned over the course of 15 innings. Not a guy that's really going to be going deeper than, say, five, maybe six innings, but has been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fourth for this team. Now, they are going to probably need a little bit of length out of him as the Tampa Bay Rays wound up having to use a bullpen game yesterday. J.P. Firehisen was a two-inning opener for the team, and for the Tampa Bay Rays, it is a team in which it's been a team that has been feast or fame. And Brandon Lau, he does have three home runs for the team, but he's hitting below the Mendel's line of 200. Randy Rosalina has not been able to give you a lot of power. He's hitting below a 230. You've been able to get good batting average out of Taylor Walls, but he's got like three errors this season out there in the field. That's why he's something that you want to take into account. Bottom of the lineup for the race, all these guys are aimed below the Mendoza line of a 200. And for the Boston Red Sox, you've seen the catcher spot really not be able to deliver anything for the team. Bobby Dahlbeck, you're able to throw in there Trevor Story, even Jackie Bradley Jr. These guys have been a little bit rough for the team to begin the season, but the middle lineup has been terrific. Alex Verdugo, three-plus home runs. He's hitting a 300. Xander Bogarts is hitting well above a 350. Rafael Devers, he's picking up where he left off last season. Last season, 38 home runs. He's already got a trio of bombs hitting well above a 260 thus far this season, so he's been able to get it going for the Boston Red Sox. They wound up throwing out their Garrett Whitlock for a start yesterday, and they actually wound up getting a little bit of something out of him, so that is relatively solid for a bullpen that it's not great, it's not terrible, and it causes out of Monas able to give you some good innings, obviously. You're not going to have Whitlock available in this game, but you can figure that Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes, these guys are going to be available if you need long relief. Cutter Crawford typically able to provide that. Now, he does have a ERA that's around the 15. If you take a look at the advanced numbers, he has gotten terribly unlucky this season, but I do take a look at this Boston Red Sox team, and throwing out there, Rich Hill is not something that is ideal. He's got a 70 ERA thus far this season. Someone who has made a pair of starts and he's given up two home runs over the course of nine innings. He's just someone that he doesn't have it anymore. That's the best way of being able to put it. He's 42 years old. He's the oldest active starter out there in the big leagues. And you even go back to that 2021 season. He did wind up giving up 21 home runs over the course of 158 and two-thirds innings. The walks per nine rate, that wound up touching north of three as well. So he's just been waning at a little bit of an older age. And I do think the Tampa Bay Rays going to be able to light him up in this spot. They wind up setting the total at an 8.3. So we're going to be looking at the over in this spot, especially with a pair of tired bullpens in this game. And with the Tampa Bay Rays, seeing the seam coming in on them, going to be either going money line or run line. Depends upon if we can get this knocked down from the minus 150 that we're seeing right now. Just a few cents. So look Looking at the Rays in some form or capacity, depending upon overnight line movement and looking at an over. 917-918 on the banging board. The Cleveland Guardians at third face off against the New York Yankees in what is going to be the DK Nation pick as you've got yourself Aaron Zavalli is going to be going for the Guardians. And if I called them the Indians, I apologize about that because I'm going to make that mistake quite a bit. And we've seen a lot of tweets of people calling the Guardians the Indians still. So it's still a little bit of a transition period. But with that said, for the New York Yankees, Garrett Cole is going to be going for them. Total on this game is anywhere between 7 and 7.5. Seven Mostly seeing 7s. That overjuice is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 105. And if you're looking at the Guardians, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 175 and plus 188. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the Yankees, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 205 and minus 220. And I think that there's going to be a lot of karma here because Garrett Cole did not wind up giving those underprivileged youth those back books. Now, if you guys wind up following Twitter, you guys are having a good laugh. There are some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about whatsoever, but that was absolutely great. But 
With that said, got a guy in Garrett Cole that comes in after he got five outs and gave up five walks in his start against the Detroit Tigers. I'm going to go out here on a limb, and I'm going to say that he's going to be a little bit better in this start. And even with him being a little bit better in this start, the DK Nation pick is going to be in on the over because I'm not even necessarily bought in on Aaron Savali. Savali has made a pair of starts this season, and his fielding independent numbers are always higher than his ERA. This guy did not deserve the record that he wound up getting last season as you go back to 2021, dude posted up a 384 ERA with a 12 and 5 record, giving up 23 home runs at 124 and a third innings while getting 99 strikeouts. I mean, come on. This is not a guy that is necessarily a lights out pitcher. And for Garrett Cole, he's currently got this year a 635 ERA, has not been able to find the zone, seven walks in 11 and third innings. He's given up three home runs. It has been cataclysmically bad for him. And you take a look at Garrett Cole, and two out of the three starts that he's wanted making, they wanted going over. The only reason why the Tigers start wanted of saying under is because his bullpen came in and they literally wanted getting 22 outs without giving up a single run. The Yankees bullpen, they're very good. They're in the top five with regards to bullpen ERA. I mean, Miguel Castro is able to do his part. Jonathan Lewis got a little bit of a rough go of it last week against the Baltimore Orioles, but still have a lot of faith in him. Michael King has been solid ever since that bad outing that he wound up having against Ron or Oldest Chapman has been raining in as well, but to ask them to do that once again, that would not be great. And you do take a look at the Cleveland Guardians and I do like their bullpen, although Emmanuel Classe, he did wind up getting used up yesterday for north of 20 pitches and was unable to get the job done. Nick Sandlin, Brian Shaw, both of these guys wound up having to come in out of the bullpen, so it's a Guardians bullpen that is a little bit taxed, and Guardians are doing a great job of being able to get on base. Miles Straw, who he wound up having stuff thrown at him yesterday, that's not great, but he's Stephen Kwan, Jose Ramirez, you're able to throw in there Josh Naylor. All these guys are hitting at least a 296 for this team with Ramirez. He's done a great job of being able to play some yard ball, four home runs. Right now, leading the league in RBI. Josh Naylor wanted getting a home run yesterday as well. So these guys have been tremendous. And for the New York Yankees, got a couple guys getting on base for you. Isaac Caner Falefa, Long DJ turned it up, LeMayu. Both of these guys hitting nearly a 300. Aaron Hicks, the much maligned Aaron Hicks, has been able to do a solid job of being able to reach base. Aaron Judge has had a little bit of an up and down season, as it necessarily been able to go deep a ton, but he's been still able to get on base for you. John Carlos saying you got to feel like he's going to pick it up a little bit. Anthony Rizzo is able to give you four home runs as well, so I do take a look at both of these pitchers, and both of these guys I feel like are a little bit overrated. Garrett Cole ever since he wound up having the sicky stuff taken away from him, it's as if it's Spider-Man without his spidey sense. It's not been great for him, to say the least, so DK Nation pick is going to be on the over. I wound up setting this total more around an 8.9, so whether you've got a 7 or a 7.5, I do like this total over and with the Yankees, set them at as a minus 153 favorite. Garrett Cole is just being badly overpriced right now. We need to take a look at recent form and going back even to the middle of last season, Garrett Cole has not been great. I'm willing to take my shot here on the Guardians getting this plus price and the DK Nation pick going to be on the over. 919-920 on the banging board. The Houston Astros are going to be playing us to the Toronto Blue Jays as you've got Yusei Kikuchi is going to be on the bump for the Jays and Luis Garcia is going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston's anywhere between a minus 125 and minus 135 favorite. Meanwhile, if we take a look at Toronto, anywhere between plus 110 and plus 125 is your price. Eight and a half to nine is your total on the nine. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. On the NF, over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. And 
when it comes down to it, set the Astros as a minus 130 favorite. The minus 125 to minus 127 favorite. That's right around the max I'm willing to lay, but I am willing to lay it here with them. You take a look at Yusei Kikuchi, and he is someone that throughout his career has given up right around three walks per nine innings. Command can be a little bit of an issue. Now, the one thing I do like about Yusei Kikuchi is that Typically, this is someone that goes on the road and does a relatively solid job. You go back to last season, 421 home ERA, 461 road ERA. The big thing was, you wanted giving up 16 bombs in 80 innings on the road, but someone who's been able to do a little bit of a better job of being able to get swings and misses, but the big thing for Luis Garcia is he has been significantly better throughout his career at home rather than on the road. You take a look at the last two seasons, right around a 2-6 ERA at home on the road, north of a 4 ERA at home. He winds up giving up about one home run per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, that winds up going north of 10, so that is something that you're able to rely upon in this spot, and you do take a look at the Houston Astros. Been a little bit banged up with regards to the lineup. They just wound up not being able to generate anything late, but Michael Brantley still has been able to do a solid job of being able to reach base. He's hitting a 300. Alex Bregman, Jeremy Pena, both of these guys hitting right around at 270. Having Jose Altuve on the fold has hurt them. And you do need some of these guys out there in the outfield to pick it up. Jose Siri, Kyle Tucker, guys like this. They're hitting below a 225. Chaz McCormick, whenever he's been out there, has been solid. But Jordan Alvarez hitting a buck 52. That's just very uncharacteristic. And the Houston Astros, who typically don't strike out a lot, 10 punch outs yesterday. Now, credit Alec Manoa, very good pitcher, but that is a little bit of an issue for the team, and the Toronto Blue Jays they continue to mash. George Springer already has three home runs this season. He's looking like the George Springer that we wound up seeing in Houston. It's a little bit of a revenge series for him. Flagero Jr., five home runs, hitting above a 300. He has been rock solid for the team. Lourdes Gurriel, Matt Chapman, both of these guys hitting right around at 270, and you do take a look at the bullpen for the Toronto Blue Jays, and it is relatively solid. I like what you're able to get. Uh, Trevor Richards, you did wind up using up Amy Garcia and Adam Simmer yesterday, but both for 11 pitches or fewer, so both of these guys can see can wind up coming back. Ryan Presley is currently out of the fold for this Houston Astros team, and Hector Neris, he's been used up each other the last two days, so got to figure that he's going to be unavailable, but you do have Brian Abreu, who's available for you. Christian Javier is someone that's able to come out of the bullpen. He's able to give you multiple innings. I have no idea why they ever moved him as a starter personally, but it's just me, Ryan Sanic. He's able to give you a couple okay innings. I do think that the Houston Astros going to be able to get online with their bats. I did wind up saying this total as a result at an 8.8. At the 8.5, I'm willing to go over we wind up seeing more shifts to nine because right now the only nine that I'm seeing is at DraftKings. I'm out here in Nevada. I have no access to it. So all I have access to is eight and a half. So I'm looking over personally. But if we wind up seeing a shift up to a nine with relatively decent juice, we'll be wanting the nine under a little bit more than the eight and a half over. But right now seeing mostly eight and a half on the over in that spot and one to lay up to a minus 130 here with the Houston Astros. 921, 922 on the bang board. The Chicago White Sox are going to be in the road to face off against the Minnesota Twins. Chris Archer is going to be going for the Twins and for the Chicago White Sox. Right now, I am seeing on ESPN.com, Lucas Giolito, the betting board, is showing to be determined, but I've handicapped this as if it is going to be Lucas Giolito wound up being on the injured list for a little bit, so I do think that he needs to be reinstated, but it's looking good that Giolito is going to be able to pitch in this spot, and as long as it is Giolito versus Archer, wanting to make the White Sox a minus-117 favorite. Now, they wanted to gain the tar beaten out of them on Saturday, but that's because Vince Velasquez was pitching, and, well, when you wind up having Vince Velasquez pitching, you're asking for very bad things, but take a look at Giolito. On the road during the 2021 season, was actually better than he was at home. 7-3 record, 325 ERA, giving up 9 home runs and 91 in the third innings, and more importantly than that, right around 2.4 walks per 9 innings. And Chris Archer, it's been a very small sample size for him, just two starts this 
year, eight and a third innings. He's given up just two runs. He's been able to do a relatively solid job. The swing and miss stuff isn't as great as it was in his heyday a few seasons ago, but he's been able to come back after really a lot of inactivity since, I would say, about the 2019 season, and it's looked relatively solid now. The big thing is he needs these twin sitters to be able to get on base. They were able to do a solid job against Vince Velasquez yesterday, but once again, that's against Vince Velasquez. That is not necessarily primetime pitching right there. And for the Chicago White Sox, you're able to say a lot of the same things for them. Andrew Vaughn, Tim Anderson, both of these guys are hitting a 300 plus, and for Vaughn, he's been able to get the team a trio of home runs. You've had Jose Abreu be able to pick it up a little bit more, but Eloy Jimenez, Smani Grandel, Adam Engel, Lurie Garcia, Jake Berger, all these guys are in a 225 or lower for the team. And you take a look at the Minnesota Twins, Luis Arias, Byron Buxton. And by the way, good to have Byron Buxton back in the fold. Both of these guys hitting north of a 300. Buxton already has four home runs this season, despite the fact that he's missed some time. So they have been terrific. But Carlos Gray, you know that he's going to be able to pick it up at some point. But he, Jorge Polanco, along with Max Kepler, Miguel Sano, Ryan Jeffers, they're all hitting a 210 or lower for this team. And you do take a look at the Minnesota Twins bullpen. They are a little bit outgunned in this spot. Jorge Alcala is currently on the injured list. Danny Columbi wound up being used up for north of 25 pitches yesterday, so he's not going to be available in the fold now. Ty Duffy is going to be available, but he's not so great. Emilio Pagan very nearly lit the game on fire on Friday, and then you take a look at the Chicago White Sox team, and you do have Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks. These guys are relatively reliable towards back half of the game. I do think that Hendricks is a little bit overrated, but still one of the better closers in the game. Aaron Bummer along with Bennett Sousa. These guys are able to give you some solid innings as well, so I think that as long as you do wind up getting G. Lito, the White Sox should be a favorite. Currently seeing no numbers up on the betting board, but I want to make it in the White Sox a minus-117 favorite with Lucas Giolito. And I mean my total on this game, 8.2. An 8 or lower looking over, 8.5 or higher to the under. As we move on to 9.23, 9.24 on the betting board, the LA Angels. Going to be playing against the Baltimore Orioles. Chris Ellis is going to be going for the Orioles, and Jose Suarez is going to be on the bump for the Angels. Angels will find themselves in between minus 178 and minus 190 favorites. Meanwhile, for Baltimore, it's anywhere between plus 160 and plus 170 with your total on this game 9. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And when it comes to Baltimore Orioles, set them as a plus 146 underdog. So, for the second time in the series, we're going to be backing the Baltimore Orioles. I did take a look at Chris Ellis, and he's actually not a terrible starter. Now, I'm not saying that this guy is going to be winning Cy Young Awards or anything like that, but take a look at his first start. He wound up going four and a third inning scoreless against the Oakland A's. Certainly did his part in that one, and you take a look at Chris Ellis during the 2021 season. He wound up posting up a 2.15 ERA on the road. Now, it was a very, very small sample size, but 0.93 ERA, pair of starts, wound up giving up one solo home run in nine and two-thirds innings. Bonus for the season, hit a 200 off of him. Wound up having his struggles while he was with the Kansas City Royals organization, but in the small sample that we've seen with him, with the Baltimore Orioles, he's been able to get the job done, and for Jose Suarez, he was very good in long relief last season as a starter throughout his career. He's someone with an ERA that's north of five, so that is an issue for him when it winds up getting to the second, third time through the order. Jose Suarez does seem to struggle a little bit, and you take a look at Suarez and what he wound up doing at home last season. He wound up having an ERA that was a full point and a half higher than it was on the road, giving up just five home runs in 42 and a third innings, but big thing with him. North of three walks per nine innings, and then you take a look at this Angels bullpen, and you do have a guy that I really like in Rossi Iglesias as a closer, but past that, Andrew Watts, not necessarily a guy that you want out there. Aaron Loop and Long Thryant Tapera. These guys are a little bit more trustworthy, but they don't utilize them too much. They've been utilizing guys like Austin Warren, Alvaro Ortega, guys that you want to know part of, and 
For the Orioles, this has been an above-average bullpen thus far. I do think that there's going to be regression. CNL Perez, Trey Lankins, you're able to throw in there Felix Bautista. These are not guys that you want to be trusting in long-term, but I also do think that for the Baltimore Orioles, a team that wound up entering into Saturday with just one of their games going over the season, team is going to start to hit a little bit more. They wound up having a grand total of four home runs entering into Saturday. Cedric Mullins, he was one of the best hitters in all baseball last season. Hanging below the Mendoza line, not giving you a lot of power. That's going to turn itself around. Ryan Moncastle, Trey Boomba Mancini, Austin the Say's kid, hanging between 235 and 245. I think that these guys are going to hit a little bit more as well. Now, when it comes to guys like Robinson Chirinos, Anthony Benboom, Ramon Urias, you're able to throw in there, Runet Odor, Ori Mateo. These guys are not necessarily too terrific, but then I take a look at the Angels and getting back my trout, no question. That is very good. He and Jared Walsh entered into Saturday at 275 a trout. He's only going to go up. Been a little bit tough for Shoei Otani at the plate ever since the All-Star break last year. Since the All-Star break, hitting a sub-235, so that's an issue. You've got Anthony Rendon, who has just outlived up to the contract that he wound up signing. Max Sassy, Andrew Velasquez, these guys at the bottom of the lineup, not necessarily too trustworthy either, so I'm going to take a shot here on the Baltimore Orioles. Set them at a plus 146, and I did want to make my total an 8.7. I've been very impressed by what I've seen on the Baltimore Orioles bullpen. Not so impressed by what I've seen on the bats. I think that they're going to awaken a little bit, but not enough to be able to push a 9 over. So we're looking under on the 9 and looking at the plus price here with Baltimore as we go to 925-926 on the main board. The Oakland A's going to be playing us the Walker, Texas Rangers. Spencer Howard is going to be going for the Rangers and Cole Irvin is going to be on the bump for Oakland. Total on this game is 8 over and under, both at minus 110 with the Texas Rangers. Find them anywhere between minus 109 and minus 125. Meanwhile, if you're day to look at Oakland, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 101 and plus 106. And when it comes to Texas, there's just no taking the team in this spot. I wound up setting the Oakland A's as a minus 150 favorite because Spencer Howard is my lowest power rated pitcher out there. I recognize that the Oakland A's couldn't hit Martin Perez yesterday. I think that they wound up getting a little bit of bad luck. But Spencer Howard has an ERA of an 18 this year and a career ERA of a 736. I do think that he's going to be able to lower his 18 ERA, but... Every single time this guy goes out there, he'll give you actually one or two really good innings. He'll give you a little bit of hope, and then hope winds up getting just completely sucked down the toilet. I mean, this guy is just absolutely terrible. He has got a career 37 walks in 77 innings. This is a guy that winds up giving up deep ball after deep ball. And I mean, after he got acquired by the Texas Rangers last year, it's not like he wound up seeing a big giant boom or anything like that. Wound up giving up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings last season. Actually, he doesn't have too bad swing and miss stuff, but the guy just has not been able to put it together. Meanwhile, for Cole Irvin, you know what you're going to get here. A pitch and contact guy that... He's not going to wind up getting a whole bunch of swings and misses, but someone that throughout his career, whenever he's been in Oakland, has been able to do a relatively solid job. His career ERA over there in Oakland, right around a 3.75, has been giving up right around one home run per nine innings, two walks per nine. Very steady Eddie guy, pitch to contact guy, and he's going up against the Texas Rangers team that haven't been able to do a great job of being able to put back to ball here recently. They entered into the series very hot, but got a lot of guys that they're a little bit all or nothing. Nate Lowe, he's hitting a 3.82 for this bunch. Give him a lot of credit, Eli. White. He's hitting a 333 as well, but you take a look at Andy Ibanez, Willie Calhoun, Adolis Garcia, Mitch Garver, Marcus Simeon. All these guys are hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. Now, Simeon is going to be a 
pick it up at Corey Seager. Been in a little bit of funk. You know that he's going to have a bounce back, but got to expect the same for the Oakland A's. Sam Noisy hitting above a 3 I don't know if that's going to be lasting, but Millie McKinney is hitting a buck 14. You take a look at Elvis Andrews since the end of last season. He's been legitimately one of the most unlucky hitters in baseball. Christian Bache, not necessarily out there for his bat. He's out there a little bit more for his glove, but getting back Stephen Piscotti, that is big for this lineup. Tony Kemp, he's got a 360 on base, and when it comes to the Oakland A's, I do like this bullpen. Sam Maul is able to give you some very good innings. Maybe deal with a little bit of injury to Deolis Carrera, but Justin Grimm is able to give you good innings. Ryan Kesselani, if you need a little bit of length, he's out there for you. And for the Texas Rangers, it is a bottom five team with regards to bullpen ERA, north of a 4-5 bullpen ERA. You want to be using up Matt Bush yesterday. Garrett Richards is someone that's going to be on calling. Got to figure that this team is going to need a little bit of length, and that means someone like Matt Gimme some more is probably going to be seeing some innings, and it's not something that you want any part of. I'm going to be very willing to lay here with the Oakland A's. Do you mind saying my total at a 9.2 as well? I do think that the Rangers are going to be able to get a little bit of contact on Cole Irvin, so I do think that they're going to be able to move the line, and Spencer Howard is going to be delivering the Spencer Howard special probably give you three innings, give up a whole bunch of runs in the process. So, looking over and looking at a sign 27-928 on the bang board. Got yourself the Seattle Mariners playing on the Kansas City Royals. Carlos Hernandez is going to be going for the Royals, and Robbie Ray is going to be on the bump for Seattle. Seattle's finding themselves as a favorite here. Anywhere between minus 170 and minus 175 plus price on Kansas City. Anywhere between plus 150 and plus 160. 7.5 is your total over and under. Are both at minus 110, and when it comes to Mr. Carlos Hernandez, I did wind up setting him at a plus 162 underdog, so we need to get up another two or three cents to be able to take a shot there. If you're taking a look at the run line, by the way, I wound up saying the Mariners more on a plus 117. I am seeing a run line price of a plus 125. So if I were to take a look right now, I'd be taking a look at the run line of the Seattle Mariners. This is pretty much a case of which I'm ruling out the Seattle Mariners money line because it's gotten up a little bit too chalky. Right now it's a case of Seattle Mariners run line or do you wind up taking a shot here on the Kansas City Royals? And as it stands right now, we'll be taking a shot here on Seattle because Robbie Ray is someone that he does wind up giving up his home runs. Even when he wound up winning the Cy Young Award last season, he did wind up having an issue with the deep ball, giving up 33 home runs in 32 starts. So that was about 1.5 home runs per nine innings. But swing and miss stuff, absolutely terrific throughout his career, right around 11 punch shots per nine innings. And then you do take a look at Carlos Hernandez, and something that you're able to hang your hat on with him is that he wound up having a significantly better road. ERA rather than a home ERA last season. 227 ERA on the road, 489 ERA at home, giving up just two home runs at 39 and two-thirds innings with opponents hitting a buck 69 off of him, and he is backed up by a relatively solid bullpen. The two Bs and Scott Barlow along Jake Brents are able to do a solid job. You've had Josh Shamout be able to give you good innings. Heck, even Dylan Coleman has been okay for this team, but the big issue that you've got with the Royals is that they entered into Saturday with nine home runs. Salvador Perez hitting five of them. Perez able to do a solid job for this team. You need someone else to be able to step up. This is a Royals team that they pride themselves on not striking out a lot, being able to move guys around with regards to stolen bases, but when you've got Adelberto Mondesi, Whit Merrifield, Bobby Wood Jr., only a buck 60 or lower, that's a big problem. Carlos Santana should not be on a roster right now. He's hitting a 0-63 after the All-Star pick last year. He was a hot mess, and I just don't know where the rest of the lineup is going to be. Andrew Benatendi, he's hitting north of a 350 for this team, so he has been relatively solid, but got a lot of other guys like Ryan O'Hearn that you can't necessarily rely upon. And for the Seattle Mariners, Adam Frazier, big offseason acquisition at above a 300 last 
season. After a bad first week of the season, he's been able to pick it up. Ty France, J.P. Crawford, Tom Murphy, they all entered in this Saturday, hitting at least a 300, and Eugenio Suarez has been able to give you a trio of home runs. Mitch Anniger has been in and out of the full, but him being able to come back has been able to give this team a little bit of life as well, and for the Seattle Mariners, this is one of the best bullpens out there in the big leagues. Drew's second rider. Late in games, he's able to do a solid job. Diego Castillo is their closer. Sometimes can make you hold your breath a little bit, but Anthony Machevich has been able to do a solid job out there in the bullpen. Andres Munoz is someone that the team trusted in quite a bit, and thus far, he has been relatively solid for the Seattle Mariners team as well. So I'm going to be looking Mariners' run line at current numbers that we're seeing. Set my run line at a plus 117, currently seeing a plus 125. And when it comes down to it, do I am saying my total at a 7.8. I do think that at some point, Robbie Ray is probably going to get a lot of deep ball, but I do think that the Mariners are also going to see a little bit of good regression to Carlos Hernandez, who wound up having some very demonstrative home and road splits. I think that he's doing for a little bit of a bad one here. So looking Mariners' run line and looking over, and we wrap things up with 929, 930 on the main board. Red Rockies at the road face off against the Detroit Tigers. Tyler Alexander is going to be going for the Tigers and Chad Cool. Going to be on the bump for Colorado. Colorados find themselves anywhere between plus 110 and plus 117 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Detroit, it's anywhere between minus 122 and minus 130 with 8.5 being your total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And when it comes to the Tigers, I'd be willing to lay up to a minus 124 year with the Tigers. So, seeing the minus 122, that's pretty much my max buy point on them, but it it is a buy point here on the Detroit Tigers because you do take a look at Chad Cool and he did wind up having a really good last outing that he wound up having against the Philadelphia Phillies, but to have a few question marks with him. He's won 10 and a third innings, giving up just one run this season. So, he has been able to do a lights-out job there. You take a look at him during the 2021 campaign. Now, this is while he was with Pittsburgh, but he wound up having a 732 road ERA whenever he was away from Pittsburgh. 39 and a third innings, wound up giving up 10 home runs. I do think that he'll see a little bit of a positive regression there, but certainly something to take note of. And then you take a look at Mr. Alexander. This is someone that is good at not necessarily issuing a lot of walks, but he does wind up giving up a lot of contact in general. Not a guy that is going to go out there and he's going to get a whole bunch of swings and misses. Last season wound up getting right around seven and a half strikeouts. Bernie Nettings gave up in the neighborhood about 1.4 home runs per nine, but he's backed up by a very solid bullpen. Gregory Soto is able to do an absolutely amazing job out there for the team. If you need a little bit of length, Michael Fulmer is able to do that. Bo Brisky, he wound up wearing it a little bit in his Major League debut, but he was able to lend a little bit of length for the Detroit Tigers, so that helps out a little bit in what was a very strange double dip that we wound up seeing. And you do take a look at the Detroit Tigers team, and Miguel Cabrera, Mr. 3000, he has been tremendous for the team. Hitting above a 300, you've also been able to get quite a bit of production as well out of Austin Meadows, who they want to picking up from the Tampa Bay Rays. Spencer Torkelson, it's been a little bit remiss, but on base percentage is north of a 333, so he's been able to find a way on. Dustin Garneau is someone that I do like at the catcher spot, but guys like a Jonathan Scope, Jameer Candelario, Eric Haas, these guys need to pick it up. And then for the Colorado Rockies, this is a team that they've always got very demonstrative home and road splits, but seeing Connor Joe and Charlie Blackman get home runs yesterday, that's a very encouraging sign for the team. Joe was able to make the team go, hitting above a 300. CJ Krohn last season. He wound up hitting all but nine of his 28 home runs at home last season, but on the road still is able to be a relatively solid matchup for the team. Jose Iglesias, Dom Nunez, these guys have been able to get on base as well. And for the Colorado Rockies, it's been to this point a top 15 bullpen with regards to ERA. Carlos Aceves is able to give you some good innings. You wind up using up a lot of your less than trustworthy relievers yesterday, like a Ulysses just seen tie block. So, got to figure that guys like Daniel Bart, they're going to be available in this game. So, I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that the Tigers should be able to get to Chad Cool early. I do think that things are going to settle 
settle down a little bit more from there. Today, I'm setting my total at 88.3. Still relatively chilly out there in Detroit this time of year, so I'm going to be looking under, and I'm going to be willing to lay up to minus 124 here with the Tigers, and that will wrap things up for the Sunday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family of Podcasts. A big thanks to Scott Seidenberg. Does a great job doing the show to look at every Monday through Friday if you're out there on the East Coast, every Sunday through Thursday if you're out there on the West Coast on VSEN. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUNIT underscore 81. Keep in mind the letters EM, naming does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. I have that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'm coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.